Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 35 called Waiting for Justice. We're in Job 35. It's uh, 16 verses waiting for justice. And I'm going to lead us into tonight's study with a verse that I would like to be the foundation of our prayer. And it is in Job 34, 32. So go ahead and locate that verse, Job 34, 32. And it reads, Teach me, what I do not see. Let's pray. Father, each time we come to your holy word, this verse is a verse that has jumped off the page for me, not just last Wednesday, but really thinking about it just as a prayer for my Christian life, a prayer as I approach your word, a prayer as I try to understand your ways, a prayer as I try to grasp your nature. Your ways are higher than my ways because you are higher than I. You are God, I am not. (laughs) And because that is true, because you spoke the universe into existence, because you dwell in unapproachable light, because you are, according to the writer of Hebrews, a consuming fire, because the angels sang in Isaiah 6, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, The whole earth is full of his glory and so many more things that could be said and pondered about your nature. This directly applies to our walk with you and to confusion when it comes to the problem of evil. And we've been really wrestling with that as we've gone deep into the book of Job. And uh, I think for probably everybody in this room, this, this may be the first time they've ever gone verse by verse through this book Uh, in a complete study like this. And thank you that we've been able to share it. Uh, As Shane mentioned, it's not the easiest content, but it is so relevant, so important, because it's the deep questions of life. It's the problem of evil. It's why. What about God's timing? Does he care? How can I understand my current circumstances or even what's led me to this point? And so I just pray that you would have your way tonight. Teach us what we do not see. For your glory in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Now, Elihu is the last of the human comforters, so to speak, or friends that speaks into the life of Job. As I've mentioned in the last few studies, he's the youngest, and he has waited his turn to speak. At the end of chapter 34, you'll get a little bit of a taste of his appeal. He says, 34, 34, men of understanding will say to me, and a wise man who hears me, Job speaks without knowledge, and his words are without wisdom. Job ought to be tried to the limit, because he answers like wicked men, for he adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. Now, that's the last part of the last chapter, and you could see that Elihu's not thrilled with Job, and he's really given him the business, so to speak. He's taken him to the woodshed, for things that Job has said or accusations that he has made about God. 
I want you to hold that thought, and I want you to turn to Isaiah, which is going to be to your right. So you're going to, just a little bit before Jeremiah, Job has been waiting, he's been questioning, you want Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, and he's got questions like this, why have I bothered to live a good life? When we're suffering, that's sometimes what we ask. Isaiah 40 is what you want. Uh, why have I bothered to, act, to live a good life? Does God see my situation? And if he does, does he care about me? In Job's case, even worse, have I become God's enemy for some reason unknown to me? Has he set his target sights on me and yet I don't even know what I've done? These have been the questions all the way along. And in Isaiah 40, verse 27, the people of God were asking these kinds of questions in the light of the Babylonian captivity, 70 years of captivity under Babylon. And this is what is said back to them as they wonder about God's care for them. This is Isaiah 40, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, or Israel, and assert, if you have the NIV, why do you complain, O Israel, saying, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Why do you say that, Isaiah 40, 27? I think one of the things that we could say about the book of Job is that we ought to watch what we say. (laughs) And we should be careful what we say, especially in dark, confusing times. Because in moments of dark, confusing times, we've either said things to the heavens or things to people in our home or our workplace or our spheres of influence. Some of us have gotten on social media and vented. (laughs) Some of us have written emails and pressed send and then had huge regrets. What did I just do? (laughs) Right? And this is where we need to be careful as human beings because we just don't understand everything. God has his ways and he has his timing. And in Jeremiah 29, 10 and 11, he says, Thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place, Jeremiah 29, 10 and 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. But remember that verse is written right after Jeremiah 29, 11. We love the verse, but remember it's written to a group of people that God says it's gonna take 70 years until I restore you back to the land, until I visit my good purposes upon you. 70 years. I don't know how long Job has been suffering, but let's just assume for a moment it's been more than 70 days. Let's just assume maybe it's been seven months. I don't know what your clock looks like and how quickly you want God to respond to your prayers, but I know how quickly I want him to respond to my prayers. And it's usually me tapping my foot. Can we get on with the program here? (laughs) Right? And of course Israel was saying that, and the prophet says, do you not know Isaiah 40, 28? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. Don't you know this? For most of us, it's not that we don't know, it's that we forget and get distracted. Maybe we think, you know, does God even see my situation? 
Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's tired of hearing my prayers. Maybe he's tired of me whining. (laughs) But God doesn't get tired. He's not like us. He's not somewhere taking a nap. He's not nodding off. He's not going, oh, oh, can we get on with this? That's not God. He never gets tired. He is constantly refreshed. How many of you would like that vitamin? (laughs) And you know what? When we are glorified, I think we're going to experience at least, I don't know how much of that reality, but I would imagine it's going to be a beautiful thing. My promises, says one writer, commenting on Isaiah 40 and where we're heading, can give you liftoff so that you rise on eagle's wings. Let me show you how. See, what we need renewed is our hope and our strength. We need it right now. We need to understand that God is not sleeping. In fact, verse 29 of Isaiah 40 says, he gives strength to the weary, power to the faint, ESV. It means when we fall under life's pressures, God delights in giving us strength. To him who lacks might, he increases power. If you ever studied this small section, this main, the main theme on the human side is people who are uh, just kind of failing under the weight of life's circumstances. And the prophet comes in and speaks to those circumstances, reminding them of who God is. God gives strength to the weary. God gives power in my weakness. Though youths grow weary, verse 30, and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who what? Those who hope or wait for the Lord, the Hebrew word could mean either, and it could be a combination, like Hopeful waiting in the Lord. What will they do? They will gain. They will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. When you wait on the Lord, God will do something impossible in your life because to mount up with wings like eagles is impossible for me as a human being. I can't do that. Some of us have had, you know, these ideas that it would be cool to fly. It'd be cool to be a bird maybe one day and be able to fly as long as no one was shooting a shotgun at you, right? And, and this idea of mounting up with wings like eagles and taking flight is something impossible for me. How could I ever fly above my circumstances? The Bible says it's in hopeful waiting. It's in another phrase, and I would encourage you to write this down. It's an active dependence on God. Active dependence is similar to hopeful waiting. And active dependence means that I am leaning into God, and I've been suggesting to you that times when we lean into God the most are times when we feel the weakest. Amen? Even though I've told you that we don't enjoy thinking about those things or saying those things, the Christian life is a life where you die to your own power. You lift up your eyes to the mountains and you say, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Now in the book of Job, uh, as we are invited to hear the last speaker speak into the life of Job, uh, Elihu has been speaking and he is going to tell Job that he's just going to have to wait because Job cannot demand God to move quicker than God's going to move. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Michael Lance says it at the end of each week, get to church. Fellowship is important. If you live in Southern California, make sure you visit the church Pastor Michael has the honor of serving as senior pastor. Living Truth Christian Fellowship is in the city of Corona on 1009 Arsenal Way. You can learn more about the church on walkintruth.com. If you listen to Walk in Truth and you're nowhere near Southern California, Pastor Michael would ask that you make an effort to get into fellowship. Being alone is needed sometimes, but it's not the way the Lord would have you live. Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team pray you get to church this week and learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the mission of Walk in Truth, and our church at walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. Well, you die to your own power. You lift up your eyes to the mountains and you say, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Now in the book of Job, uh, as we are invited to hear the last speaker speak into the life of Job, uh, Elihu has been speaking and he is gonna tell Job that he's just gonna have to wait because Job cannot demand God to move quicker than God's going to move. <laughs> I'll give you a quick, funny example. I heard about um, a church that was having a, a kind of a Pentecost meeting, and they were going to call the Holy Spirit down in a special way, and, and some suggestions kind of coming down around that, which is that, you know, you can, that Pentecost happened because of the prayers of the people who were gathered. And I had to just chuckle and say, no, Pentecost happened because it was a festival on God's calendar on the day that he had already pre-selected. The people didn't pray the Holy Spirit down. God said, get ready, because on this day, this is what I'm gonna do. And it was 50 days after the Feast of first fruits was the Feast of Pentecost, and it happened exactly on the calendar when God marked his calendar. See, I'm not manipulating God's calendar. God wants me to be adjusted to his calendar. Can I get a witness? See, the Christian life is not about getting my will done on earth. It's about getting God's will done on earth and in heaven and me aligning my will to his will. This is what's going on in the Christian life, just in case you wondered. (laughs) See, God, and we're gonna talk about this on Sunday, says he wants to conform you into the image of him, not have you conform him into the image of you. Ooh, that's so hard. But see, this is the Christian life. And Elihu will continue to speak to Job and challenge Job. We all have compassion for Job because he's been so beat up for so long. We're like, can somebody just be gracious to the guy for 15 minutes? And, of course, we've said the other comforters did lack in their comforting. All they did is make accusations against Job, and we've got to balance that. But I think all of us in this room could say 
a word spoken truthfully in the right setting is life-changing. And a lot of what Elihu says, even though he's certainly not God, can be considered as straight talk that Job needs to hear. In fact, some of what Elihu says is preparing Job to hear from God. Elihu continued, this is back in Job 35.1, and said, do you think this is according to justice? Do you say, he's addressing primarily Job, my righteousness is more than God's? If you have an ESV, Job 35.2 says, it is my right before God, and IV, I will be cleared by God. New Living Translation, I am righteous before God. Elihu is challenging Job's declarations. Job did not say specifically, my righteousness is more than God, but he has fervently defended his innocence before God. And Job feels like God should meet his demands. Uh, There's a scene back in the first Indiana Jones movie where the Nazis, uh, they capture the ship where the Ark of the Covenant has been hidden away. And the German leader comes onto the boat and the captain of the vessel who's trying to sneak Indiana Jones and his girlfriend and the Ark of the Covenant away says, uh, you know, leave the girl with us. It will diminish our losses on this particular trip. And the, the German leader says, oh, you're in no position to negotiate. We will take everything we desire and then we'll decide whether or not to blow your ship out of the water. Do you sometimes get the idea that people think they can make demands of God? (laughs) It's my right. We're big into rights as Americans. I understand it. We all appreciate the rights and privileges of U.S. citizenship. However, in God's kingdom, (laughs) you may be knocking for a long time if you're going to demand your rights. Right? God is gracious to us, but Job is being challenged that God doesn't owe him anything. For you say, verse three, he's quoting back Job, what advantage will it be to you? What profit shall I have more than if I had sinned? New living. For you also ask, what's in it for me? What's the use of living a righteous life if this is what you get for it? Can you imagine being Joseph in the Egyptian prison? And he says, why did I bother to resist Potiphar's wife? Maybe I should have just given in because what did I get for it? I got a prison sentence and got falsely accused. Can I ask you a question? Why do you live a righteous life? And I'm hoping that you do. Do you do it to earn brownie points with God? Do you do it because you'll think you get blessings in return? Or do you do it because it's the right thing to do to honor God no matter what comes your way? Now, I want to say this because I heard a phone call uh, a lady called into a uh, answer program, you know, Bible questions and answers, and she, she asked the question of the host, is it right when I give my offering on a Sunday to attach what I want uh, as a result of my offering? Like, for example, could I submit my offering and say, as I give my offering, I want a new car? And I'm not joking, this is what she said, and I've come to find out that some churches When they take their offering, say to the congregation, put on the offering envelope what you want as you give this offering. Uh, Would you just ponder that for a second? What would you like as you give your offering? A new car! 
Almost sounds like a game show, doesn't it? Come on down. A new car. (laughs) And you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, does God want to bless his people? Yes. Does the Bible say he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly? Yes. But I don't see Bible verses that say submit your offering envelope with a new car. Wait a minute, that sounds like a give-to-get scheme. And if you are living a righteous life, do not live that righteous life to get something from the master. That's nonsense. That's trying to pull the right button. So if I live righteously, what's in it for me? Can I quote another old classic movie? Field of Dreams. End of the movie. How many of you have seen Field of Dreams? Kevin Costner. They want to bring the old writer out to the corn. And Kevin Costner says, I want to go. And Shoeless Joe says, you can't go. There's no place for you out here. You can't go. And he says, but I want to go. I want to see what's out there. You guys are in my corn. (laughs) You're all living in my corn. What are you saying, Ray? Are you asking what's in it for me? Is that why you built this field? Is that why you did all thing, all these things? What's in it for me? And finally he admits, yeah, what's in it for me? And Shoeless Joe says, you better stay here, Ray. <laughs> now, if you've seen the movie, you realize that the whole story has been about the pain that the son has felt in losing his father and not being able to go to the funeral and the film's not theologically correct, but it's, it's compelling. And at the end of the movie, his dad appears and his pain gets eased. You've been listening to Waiting for Justice, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 35. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your donation helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also part of how we're able to offer our 633 apologetic events for free as well. There's a lot going on behind the scenes to help create this radio podcast program too. So we're very grateful to our financial partners and our prayer partners. Seriously, thank you very much. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Walk in Truth, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of $5 a month? Every bit helps, so please pray about it and then visit walkintruth.com to donate. If you can't give right now, would you please consider becoming a prayer partner? You can sign up for that and just keep this ministry in your prayers. But if you can give a donation, please visit walkintruth.com today. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, what do you do when a friend is going on and on pontificating about the scripture, speaking for God in quotes, and you you go, you know what, I'm not sure if that's really true to scripture or if that really represents God's nature and God's heart. What do you do then? Well, what if they're throwing out scripture to back up their point? Then make sure the scripture is in context. And this is why you need to become a student of the Bible so you can you can test all things and hold fast to that which is true and right. And the only way you're not going to be duped 
is to know the Bible for yourself, to know if someone is rightly declaring and applying the Word of God. And that's what our responsibility is, to rightly divide the Word of truth. Now, speaking of that, I want to encourage you to get back into fellowship. You know, they're opening up everything in California come June 15th, but we know that, thankfully, gratefully, that the coronavirus here in the United States is has been waning and the cases are really low now. And I want to encourage you to get back to church, get back into fellowship, not just to the building, but to the people and what happens there. The fellowship, the worship, the studying of the word of God, the service of one another, the giving, the praying, the baptisms, the Lord's Supper, we could go on and on. And hey, if it's been a while and you've been looking for a church and you're anywhere near the Inland Empire, I'd like to invite you to Living Truth Christian Fellowship. That's where I serve as senior pastor. It's the great church behind Walk in Truth. And on Sunday morning, we have two services, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. And the way that you can find out all the details and more is to download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for that red logo with the pillars. We tell you about this a lot. You can get service times, directions, Bible studies, past sermons, and so much more. Download the app today, and I look forward to worshiping with you in the near future at Living Truth. God bless you. And don't forget, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 35 called Waiting for Justice. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.